Hello, everybody. Welcome to this convention prep episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where you watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. I hate you, bruh. I hate you so much. Real positive way to start this recording session. It is, you motherfucker. You know, I'm just going to go home. That's never happened. No. Look, Ben likes to fuck with me before we record, and he'll, like, count us in, then clap or snap or do something random every time because he likes to piss me off, and he knows it pisses me off. This time, he claps while I'm talking in the middle of a sentence and then has to clap again to clap us incorrectly. You have no proof of all these accusations. they They can't hear me doing these things. I could save so much audio of you being a little shit. And now he's mocking me on podcast, no, I'm not. but you can't see it because it's a visual gag on our audio podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the episode. This motherfucker is starting off great. <laughs> God bless. Uh, this is a convention prep episode. It's coming in on Monday, so you're probably already aware because you clicked on it. But today, we're going to watch The Crazies remake because we watched yeah. The Crazies on Saturday. And it's one of those movies where it has the same name. So it's just The Crazies, and we got to specify it's The Crazies... 2010. Yes, we do. And that's annoying, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I think it's more acceptable when it's like a franchise where uh, there's only like one movie in it. Yeah, So you're fair just enough. making the one movie, and that's fine. It's only bad when there's like six of them, and the seventh one's like... The same as the first. Yeah. Which is dumb. I was telling Ben this in the car, because we just got back to my house from having snow cones. My lips are completely red. It's great. This is one of those remakes... That I'm actually excited to watch. Because of how... Spoilers, I guess, if you didn't listen to our Crazies episode, you listen to this one. Go because watch of, that. Go watch that first before you listen to this one, because I don't want to spoil anything. Because of how much I didn't like that film, I'm really excited to watch this because I feel like there are vast improvements that could be made. So maybe this actually deserves to exist. I like this dress. I don't think it was a bad film. No, I don't either. I just think it didn't feel tonally coherent. Yeah. It felt like two different scripts matched together. And from the research I could find, that's kind of how it came about. So mm-hmm. um, I think Bob's just excited to see what could happen if you uh, maybe started with one thing yeah. instead of two. I also really like I like the concept of the crazies a lot. It's a very interesting concept. Which for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically a town gets infected by something and the people start going crazy and they're yeah. violent because of it. The government has to respond by quarantining them and doing some stuff. Yeah. And I think that's, a, at least in my opinion, a cool concept to start with when you make a mo- horror movie. So to see what they're going to do with it in a more modern tone, I guess, is very interesting to me. Because I also, I guess I'm, I don't know when the movie is set, but I assume it's set in the modern day as well because it was made in the modern day. I think so. But I don't remember. I just, I think this will be a very interesting episode because unlike Rob Zombie's Halloween, which I didn't hate, it's fine. This one feels like it has more of a reason to be made. Now you do realize... That Bluto's not going to be in this, right? It's fine. Okay. I'm okay with that. Because... Well, last time you didn't realize Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't going to be in the remake, we watched. <sighs> it's because I didn't think about the fact that it was, like, you know, going to be a re-remake. You know what I mean? No, like, I don't. Didn't it didn't make sense. I didn't think about it beforehand. I was like, oh, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis will be here. It'll be fine. <laughs> it didn't make sense at the time, and it doesn't make sense now. <laughs> it, well, you're right. I just didn't think... Look, sometimes I don't think, Okay. Sometimes, Sometimes my head is completely empty of thoughts. And then we start an episode and I go, what's happening? That's most episodes, I would say. Yeah, fair enough. All right, uh, are you ready? Sure. Let's get into it. I'm excited for this one. All righty then. So, 2010 film, like we said. A description. The people of a small Iowa town are going crazy. Oh, it's in Iowa instead of Pennsylvania yes, this time. Yes, that's the only thing I changed in the description last time. <laughs> 
<laughs> Glad you picked up on it. <laughs> That's really fucking funny. <laughs> oh, man. It's an hour and 41 minutes long. Nah. You really should be watching this in the morning. No, bro. It's rated R. Good. Review scores. IMDb gave it a 6.5 out of 10. All right. Tomato Meter gave it a 71%. Oh, let's go. And it's got an audience score of 56. Okay. I think that's better scores than the original had. So I'm excited. Slightly. Slightly better, but I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful, Benjamin. Fair enough. Uh, It has no wins for awards, but it does have 11 nominations. It's pretty solid. Decent. All right. Notable actors. Radham Mitchell as Judy. She was Carolyn Fry in Pitch Black. Bob, you've never seen that film. It's it's good. I like it. Okay. Maybe it's, we'll um, watch it. Vin Diesel, the bald guy from uh, uh, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Yeah, that's Vin Diesel. Yeah, uh, Pitch Black's his baby. Oh. Like, that's his movie. That's cool. Okay. Um, Is it a horror movie? Sci-fi horror. Could we watch it on the podcast? Yes. Okay, cool. Maybe we'll watch it. That's exciting. Timothy Oliphant as David. Oh, he's back. What was he on, Bob? Uh, Dreamcatcher. And he was... Oh, God. Who was he? Oh, God. I'll give you a hint. He wasn't shotgun guy. He was riding in the car with him. He worked at a dealership, and he found some car keys. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I know, but I can't remember his fucking name for some reason. Why is my brain blanking so hard? I haven't finished that book. I need to. Because you got Beav, who I know. It's not Beaver. Yeah. It's not Jonesy. Nope. The other two have names. If he had a pistol, what would his name be? That doesn't help me at all. Yeah, it is. For some reason, my brain's going Steve, but I know it's not Steve. Pistol Steve? <laughs> that That's not a thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just tell me I'm stupid. Pete. I was Pete. Like Pistol right. Pete. Pete? Pete. That makes sense. I'm just dumb. I, I'm so... Uh, sometimes my brain. Danielle Panabaker as Becca. Uh, she was Caitlin Snow from The Flash. She was on there from 2014 to 2023. She was ah, on 184 I've heard that show is fine. Uh, She was also Jenna in Friday the 13th. The only Friday the 13th you've seen. Oh. The remake. I think I've seen that one. You have. We discussed it. Joe Anderson as Russell. He was Flannery in The Gray. Brett Rickaby as Bill Farnham. Uh, He's Lernick from The Orville. It's only on one episode, though. Okay. He kind of looks like a pufferfish man. But (laughs) Okay. Preston Bailey as Nicholas. He was Cody Bennett from Dexter. He's on 35 episodes from 20, 2007 to 2012. And this one's more for you than it is for anyone else. He was Young Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in oh! one episode. I didn't know that. I assume it's the Christmas episode. Maybe. He was only one of them. But it was in 2009. Was that the year the so Christmas episode came out? Maybe. Season like Six or six? seven. Yeah, six is the Christmas episode. So he's probably Young Mac in the Christmas episode. That's cool. John Aylward as Mayor Hobbs. Uh, he was Dr. Banks in Armageddon. And, you know, more famously, Niles in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> <laughs> the one where they're samurai. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the TMNT movies. Uh, I've heard they're not they're good. They're wild. I, wa- I had all of them as a child. Uh, there's that new animated one coming out. I'm actually excited to watch it. Oh, yeah. They're I con- like te- I like Teenage Mutant They're, they're cool. consistently decent movies. Yeah. Like, overall, which is always kind of shocking. Yeah, because it's, it's such a weird thing to make. It's not, like, a bad premise, but no. it's an odd one. Especially, like, especially the live-action ones. Like, the well, animated ones I get. The live-action one was bad. 
Yeah, I know. But like, although if it was Transformers, Bob would have loved it. Shut up. Same director, right? I actually don't know. I think it was. I think was it was uh, Michael Bay. Ew. No, I don't like Transformers that much. Ben just likes to say I like Transformers. He just really, a lot. really, really likes Transformers. They're fine. I'm just saying I haven't seen all nine Transformers movies. I haven't seen the le- the newest one yet. But Bob has seen all eight. I'm going to see it next week. <laughs> Bryce said it was good. Speaking of which, uh, Glenn Morshower as intelligence officers, officer. Uh, he was also General Morshower in Transformers Dark of the Moon. Oh, that one's not good. <laughs> you would know. Yeah. You'll actually recognize a character in this movie. Maybe. From Transformers. No. Larry Cedar as Ben Sanborn. He was Cornelius Hawthorne from Community. Oh, he's, okay. Um, he's the dad of one of the main characters. I haven't seen Pierce. Community. You've said I should watch it. Gregory Sporlender as Travis Quinn. He was Captain Fry in The Rock. The Rock's good. Okay. Good movie. It's good to b- know. It's basically, a, um, it's basically an unofficial Bond sequel. Oh, okay. It's kind of cool. Like, the premise is... Um, Sean Connery, mm-hmm. so like the original James Bond, what is an English spy who was captured and he was put in this place that was basically Alcatraz. Oh, that's pretty cool. And also Nicolas Cage is in it. <laughs> nice. I always love a good Nick Cage cameo. Nah, like main character. I no, yeah, just Nick Cage. Not a cameo. I like Nick Cage in general. We need to watch some Nick Cage horror movies. I want to so bad. Lisa K. Wyatt as Peggy Hamill. Uh, she was Linda Connie and Donnie Darko. Justin Wellborn as Kurt Hamill. Uh, he was racist in The Final Destination. <laughs> Imagine you go to a shoot and your title on set is just racist. Yeah. Can we get a racist on set, please? He doesn't have a name. He's yeah. Just, his character was called Racist. Oh, my gosh. And then finally, Brett Wagner as Jesse. He is kind of a nickname here, but the Lost Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. That name is familiar, but I don't. Mm, I haven't seen it's that. It's almost like he's going to be at that convention we're going to. There it is. That's what it is. I was wondering. Yep. Yeah, he's interesting. So I'm going to refer to him as the Lost Leatherface, and that's sometimes used. But he's like one of those actors where he's like a very unknown Leatherface. Texas okay. Chainsaw Massacre, you know Leatherface, right? Yeah, yeah. In the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, he plays Leatherface for like the opening kill. But nothing else in that film. Really? That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to misquote. I, I didn't write it down. And I don't remember exactly. I think he had some problems shooting. Mm. Okay. And so basically he couldn't finish the movie. So they had to replace um, him. Yeah, but he's in those first shots. That's cool. Um, but it's, it's interesting because it's like uncredited kind of. Huh. I mean, it's kind I don't want to say it's the same, but it's kind of like how in um the original Halloween, Tony Moran is only... Michael in the one scene where he takes his master off and the rest of the time it's Nick Castle. So, I mean, kind of like that. Yeah. But apparently there's an interesting thing done in that movie where uh, he has arm tattoos. So Leatherface has sleeves in that movie. That's kind of cool because of that. I always think um like having to change costumes to fit new actors is really interesting, like specific stuff. Like how in the Rob Zombie Halloween, the dude is just so fucking big, so they just have to like and like Changes to the character design, like how in at the end of Halloween 2, he's missing part of the mask, and you can see his eyes and stuff. Yeah. I think changes like that are interesting. You mean Halloween 2, 2009, right? Halloween 2, 2009, not the original Halloween 2. Because the, the original Halloween 2, he's just a burnt-up body, which is a much body. better ending. Body. So cool. Sad they didn't do that. 
at the end of Halloween 2 2009. Uh, and then we could have gotten Halloween 3 2011. Oh, but would it have been Season of the Witch? Mm, the superior film. <laughs> to Halloween 2 2009? Absolutely. No, no, no. Halloween 3 2011 Season, season of, of the Witch. Witch. I would have... Uh, if that did... Um, It'd be really funny. It'd be really funny if that's what he did. I would have lost my mind. Rob Zombie was like, I don't want to do another Halloween film. I'm going to do Season of the Witch. Could you imagine how grotesque that film would be? Just based off the premise of what uh, happens when they... So many dead kids. So many dead kids, man. Oh, my be Lord. great. You are such a... I'm going to stop myself before I say something. Yeah, what were you going to say, Bob? You're say always, it, man. You just, you just kicked me. Yeah, say it. Stop kicking me. This motherfucker's always... What the fuck is up, Bob? <laughs> Killing kids on the podcast. He's always such a fan. And it's not you shouldn't say that. Fuck is up. What'd you say? We were watching fucking vines before <laughs> we started recording. We're old. We're not old. Don't call me old. Bitch. I'm an old man. Only <laughs> <laughs> I saw the fucking pit you just did. This is why we need a camera. Because I would like just I would like crop out your face and just show your lower body doing all these fucking bits with your arms. Now you just give me the finger. Fuck you. So, yeah. Uh, director's Breck Eisner. He also directed Sahara. Uh, the writer is... There's two of them. There's Scott Kozar. Uh, he wrote The Machinist. And Ray Wright, who wrote Greta. Never heard of any of these people. Or these things they oh, made. Some of these things are very famous. Really? Huh. Yeah, but that's not shocking for you. I think I'm, Oh, no, I have heard of The Machinist. That's that Christian Bale film where he had to get really skinny between Batmans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real, like... I know, grotesquely skinny. Hospital skinny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Budget is $20 million estimated. It's pretty solid. Box office, $54.8 million. Oh, it did pretty good, actually. Damn. Yeah. This is thumbs Even up. Even though you never hear of this film, it did decent. That's pretty cool. I'm excited, then. Country of origin, United States. Tagline, fear thy neighbor. <laughs> that's a better, that's a much better tagline than the original. All right, I got a limited amount of facts, but here they come. <laughs> okay. One. One of the executive producers is George A. Romero. Oh, that's quite cool. That's nice. That is pretty fucking cool that he got to work on this too. Most of the filming took place in Georgia. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty common. Even though it's set in Iowa, actually, not anymore. Well, back in 2010. Yeah. Because didn't they film the original Avengers films in Georgia? Maybe. I I've, don't remember. I remember Marvel had a big deal. I know Georgia used to be a huge place where they would film films. It did because they used to shoot some of the uh, Need for Seed movies. Yeah. There. Because I was there during one of the shootings. Oh, really? That's cool. Not like there, there, but I was in the city Mm -hmm. while they were shooting. Yeah. But now, uh, tax break, so everyone goes out of the country. Yep. Or they're on sound stages in L.A. or something. Yeah, they barely do that anymore, though. Yeah. Just depends on what they're shooting. Unless they have to. Final thing, though. The idea for remaking The Crazies went through multiple studios, like a lot. Okay. Um, From what I could find, the idea started... With Paramount Pictures in 2004. Holy shit. And jumped around a lot uh, before eventually ending up at Overture Films, who would release it. I'm trying to think of other movies that I know they've produced, but I don't have any off the top of my head. I don't know either. It's not, that doesn't, it, the name is familiar, but it's not like Blumhouse or Lionsgate or MGM familiar, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's all I got. All right. Well, uh, I'm really excited to watch this one, honestly. I'm, I'm very, I'm glad they got Romero to be an AP on this. Because I think that's a an AP. Oh, sorry. An exec- I, I don't know why I thought of assistant producer, executive producer. Yeah. He's an appetizer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. But I think that's good because the stuff that 
we know of that Romero wrote on the first film is actually the best part of the movie. So bringing him back to kind of re-envision all of that in a more modern tone is really interesting, and I'm very excited to see. Well, I mean, he doesn't really write this or direct it, but he has executive privileges, so he basically gets a thumbs up or thumbs down certain things. That's what I'm saying. Like, he has power to make it... Yeah, well, it's it's just nice to see that someone who originally made something has power over the remake, because that's not common. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm excited because I feel like we're going to get a more Romero-esque film, I guess. And that is something that excites me. Even though he didn't direct it or write it, I just think him being able to, like, deny stuff or approve stuff is very important because it'll... I feel like the tone will feel better, you know? Yeah. That's all. Okay. But, uh... We're gonna go to the movie. Yeah. I guess we'll, uh, see you guys after the movie. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching The Crazies from 2010. I had to be specific. Sorry. Man, can I just open with this? I like this movie so much more. It feels so much more like a cohesive movie. Yeah, it definitely feels more like one story. Yeah. Than, like, the original. Yeah, I said this during the movie, too. I don't think it's... It is at the fault of them combining two scripts, but I think it's also, like... Budget? Budget, first of all. This movie had a much, much, much higher budget than the original. (laughs) What, 20 million? Yeah. But also, like, I think they did the best they could... At the time. With, with budget and tech. Yeah, with the technology and the budgeting they had. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reasons, like, The Crazies is so well-known, besides being, like, a Romero film, even if it's not, like, his well-known Romero film, is the fact that it dealt with a concept that was pretty interesting at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, the government quarantining a whole town like that Yeah, is, I mean, it, it must have been wild to think about in 73. Oh, absolutely. Like that, but it's... Not that bizarre nowadays for movies. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone real life. I mean, how I mentioned it, Timothy Oliphant is in <laughs> Dreamcatcher, which is also a movie about a quarantine. Yeah, the guy in this movie. Yeah. Not in the 73 one. So, you know, not Although, a super uncommon movie concept, but I think the way they handle it in this film is very good. Yeah, I mean, I think they take a pretty realistic approach to a quarantine like that. Like a military quarantine. At least more realistic and competent. So they're more competent in this film, the military. Oh, absolutely. Than the original one. And obviously there's some reasons given in the original one about why they're so incompetent, which is lack of preparedness. <laughs> yeah, and lack of supplies. However, it makes the original one feel fake Yeah. in a way that this one doesn't. That being said, I guess you want to get into it? Yeah, let's jump into it. All right. Uh, the plot's pretty simple, especially if you've seen the 73 Crazies. Uh, it's it's very, very, very similar. But basically, this time, we're focusing on two, like the sheriff and his deputy, uh, who are David and Russell. Yep. David's the sheriff. Uh, he's played by Timothy Oliphant. And his wife, do you remember her name? Oh, Lord. Uh, Judy. Judy. Took me half a second. <laughs> They're really the main characters. Yeah. There's another girl who's there for a while named Becca. Uh-huh. But basically what ends up happening is... Do I, do I describe the cold open, you think? Mm, good question. No, I know how I'm going to do this. Okay. Basically, it starts off calm. Like, the whole film starts off showing the town normally, which I think is a plus that this film does straight off the back. Absolutely. It's showing how everything is supposed to be before things go wrong. But long story short, it shows what's happening normally, and then we start to see one person go crazy. And what happens right after that is basically a like a domino thing, like a domino reaction where slowly more and more people go crazy and what what this film does is really interesting especially because it's not like the biggest reveal if you've seen the original film but it's a really good thing for 
if you haven't, is it becomes like almost an investigative mystery for David and Russell for why people are like doing crazy stuff. Yeah. And they're basically trying to track like who who goes crazy and what's happening. You know, doing cop shit. Yeah. Like general cop stuff. And it isn't until, I don't know, like 30 minutes in. I would say 30 to 40, yeah. That they figure out what's going on, which I guess I should go ahead and say it. Yeah, I mean. Spoilers, I guess. Last warning. If you haven't, aren't familiar with the premise here. But a plane crashed in the swamp. Not the swamp, but like the river right near them. The bog. And Ogden Marsh? Ogden Marsh. Something like that. I think you're right. It's Marsh. Because that's the name of the town, Ogden Marsh. Yeah. But a plane crashed there. No one was really aware of it because assumedly I, it probably crashed at night. Mm-hmm. And there was no news reports because the news didn't want get, it getting out. But I was carrying this thing called Trixie, which is the name of the same virus from the first movie. The I'm glad they original, kept the name. Which there's a bunch of stuff scattered throughout that are little references. But it's a biological weapon, and they were taking it to Texas to incinerate it. Yeah. Which because it was deemed too dangerous. First of all, stupid. Uh, if you're That's d- how Return of the Living Dead happens. Well, return happens for a different reason. Well, they incinerate something, it gets in the air, people breathe it in, you know. Return happens because you can't destroy... Oh my god, what's it called? The Oh god, high something. It's not high. Is it not high? No. Trioxin? It's trioxin. It's like 321 trioxin. Anyways, that happens because you can't destroy it. The issue here is you can usually incinerate like biological substances. That makes sense. It's the fact that whatever facility they were designing this bioweapon in, for whatever reason, didn't have an incinerator for destroying their bioweapons. That's fair. They that is fly it to stupid. That is the stupidest reasoning I've ever heard to get this thing in a plane so it can crash. Yeah, well. It makes no sense. But that aside... <laughs> Whatever. I can ignore that. I just wanted to point it out. But it crashes in the water, and the sheriff has figured out that the where it crashed in the marsh, that water leads into, like, a stream, which leads into a river, which leads into a pond. And long story short, that's where they get their drinking water. Yeah. So what's happening is the drinking water has become infected and is slowly filtering to the town. And by the time he's figured that out, it's been, like... 48 hours. been two days. Which is the infection time for Trixie. I'm giving you information, obviously, we learn later in the film. But right when he learns this and is freaking out, the military comes in and nabs everyone. Yep. And from that point on, it's kind of a let's escape the military while also trying to get out of town. While also being hunted down by crazies. Yeah. And um, it mostly focuses, again, on those people I listed, Russell, David, uh, Judy, and Becca, as they're trying to basically escape the quarantine while also trying to not get caught by the military uh, because from what we see in the film the military isn't killing people yeah what they're doing is they're dividing people up based on if they have a fever if you have a fever you're probably infected so they put you to the side and everyone else was getting bust out assumedly yeah there's something again spoilers there's something later on in the film that maybe implies that they weren't that they weren't doing that or they decided against doing that yeah something changed but that doesn't i was talking to bob about this during the film it doesn't really make sense to change your mind about something like that yeah unless they deemed it like too risky which i think they totally could have oh no bob's 100 percent right you could deem something like that too risky in fact i might even go so far as to say it's too risky the issue was if you were going to make a decision like that you would have made it before you started trying to get people out something must have changed that made them do that, but I maybe they hinted at it. We didn't pick it up. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a weird. I guess it's one of those things where it, it makes sense in movie land. Yeah, but it wouldn't necessarily make sense in because either you're gonna clear everyone out or you're gonna help people escape. 
Yeah. There's no usually in between. But yeah, I mean that's that's about it. I mean, yeah. while they're trying to escape, they're avoiding the government, <coughs> but they're also avoiding crazies. Mm-hmm. And there's some, I would say, pretty decent character drama happening at the same time. Yeah, and this is a good lead into the best part of this film. So much of a better job with characterization. Oh, so much better. I actually cared about these characters. Yep. Uh, well, this film follows similar tonal beats. Let me let me stress this. If we're comparing the original Crazies movies to this one, it basically cut out all the military stuff and yeah. just focused on the group of survivors. However, I actually care this time. Yeah. Which is like the only thing you have to do to make that premise interesting. And exactly. they did it. And it's great. And uh, they made some other choices that I think made the character stronger and therefore helped with all the characterization. Like f- they made uh, Russell and David sheriffs and deputy instead of volunteer firefighters yeah because it makes them feel have more of a responsibility to the townsfolk that they're having to fight back against but also training that makes sense yeah and access to weapons and stuff and like yeah authority in a lot of cases which makes what they're doing more interesting because some people have to some people listen yeah i think giving them that position is a much more interesting take than just making them volunteer firefighters it also makes the leader and follower roles a little bit more distinct and sensible because they don't necessarily make all that much sense in the original no they don't and yeah i think that's kind of a thing it's generally like a a thought i had with this whole movie is that it feels more put together like it cut out all the military stuff but then it focused on the character drama specifically david judy and russell's and in doing so it just it came together better yeah and i think something else that also helped to come together is all the establishing stuff that they did at the beginning where they're showing you the town and they're showing you all these people so that whenever people start going crazy, you recognize people who go, oh, that's X person that this person knows. And it feels more cohesive as like a small town. Yeah. And I, I think that goes hand in hand with the whole characterization stuff. They're doing that to show our characters so we have time to get to know them before we're put in high stress situations. Yeah. And it also allows for even like the random people going crazy to hit harder. Mm-hmm. Because we get to see some of them beforehand. Yeah, dude. It's really cool. Another thing I like that what this film does is introduce more modern stuff yeah like this assumedly it's set in the year the film's really recorded 10 so, so i mean roughly around the 2010s and so it includes a lot of references to like technology and modern like military stuff yeah like for instance people are wearing like actual hazmat suits or mm-hmm. military gear instead of a white discount stormtrooper stuff yeah which i know is the difference in budget coming in there but they just look like an actual military. There's actual setup, like quarantine stuff. I think the biggest one, though, is there's a couple of shots of a overhead, like, satellite feed. Yeah, that stuff's cool. Which is how the military's keeping track of the town. And not only did I think that was a good use of, like, technology to modernize kind of this style of operation, but it was a good way of showing what the military's plans were without having, like, the shots with the actual military mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, for sure. on the satellite feed, it would give you information and... It would say something in the corner like, begin quarantine. I, I thought that was a a interesting way to solve a pre-existing problem associated with getting rid of what it was essentially half the script. Yeah. I think I, I said this during the movie. I think this movie does so much better of, of a job of showing us what's going on rather than telling us like the original did. Because the original felt like it was just a lot of information being thrown at you in the military scenes that you needed to know to make the scenes with the survivors make sense. Yeah. And then this, it just shows you the stuff you need to know, and then the what the survivors does just makes sense because you have the information given to you in a much more palatable way. 
or just piecemeals it out. I mean, yeah, basically that stuff I that information I gave you during the summary, especially about all the tricksy stuff, is piecemealed out over an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah, because I mean five ten minutes of credits, but yeah, it's given out slowly. Like you don't even learn the name of it until the last thirty minutes, if even that. Yeah, and I, I just thought that was a little better writing. You're right. Just giving it out like that instead of, oh, you need to know this information for the next scene. Here it is. Mm. I also think this movie's paced a lot better than the original. Like, it's a lot slower, so there's a lot more of a build-up to the crazy. But it's a crescendo. But it's a crescendo that works. Because by the time you get to people being crazy, you've been slowly watching them evolve and seeing what it does to people. And it it's a much better introspective into what this sort of thing does to a town and the mob mentality around it. Yeah. and That's fair. I think it's a much better take on this sort of genre or premise. Yeah, much better take on this sort of premise. Okay. Do you have anything else to say about what you think this film did that was better? Because I, I have a couple things to mention about the original and how that was... Okay. It did some things I think were better. I'll let you go. I don't have anything else right now. Okay. Getting into it. Overall, I think this was generally an improvement. However, I do think there is some things that the original did that were more interesting than this film. The big one was with the crazies. In this film, it does something... This film kind of really thinks out what the crazies behave like. It was pretty, I don't know, I guess the word would be consistent Yeah. with their behaviors, where basically they start acting a little bit spacey, and then they become more and more aggressive until they become hyper-violent. And then they pick up similar, like, physical tells, like physical features and stuff. And I thought that was a really cool way of doing it. It makes it feel like a real virus infecting people. Oh, yeah, for sure. However, I kind of preferred how Trixie worked in the original, where it had varying effects on different people. It's not like a super obvious thing because we didn't really focus on the infected in the original 1973 version. But of the couple crazies we see, some of them are like super violent, but some of them are just like weird and giggly. Yeah. Some of them are, I don't know. Horny. Horny and not all there. Basically different reactions to this one virus. And I thought that was a more unique version of it maybe not as similar and therefore consistent but i Mm. think it offered more potential that's interesting and i think i think we sort of see that a little bit but it's not as pronounced as in the original it's not as pronounced Uh, and i think that's a follow-through you see in the original because like in the original they get again spoilers for that film they take a lot of infected and they throw them in one area and they're not killing each other nope instead they're just like laughing and giggling together Mm -hmm. and so i think it's a very it's a less violent disease overall, Fair which enough. I think is an interesting choice and makes it scarier in a different way. Yeah. Because a virus that turns people into killers is scary in a very o- obvious way. Yeah, overtly scary. But something that makes you just mad and how that affects you depends on who you are Yeah, is scary in a slightly more real but different way. Yeah. And so I think that is a unique change. Uh, the other thing I want to mention that the 1973 one does better than this film is the military stuff. Yeah. I I think this film made a good choice of focusing just on the survivors and then cutting out the military. However, I think I said on our last review of the 1973 Crazies that the military stuff, to me, was the better part. Yeah, I agree with you. And on it one. was also the most, like, blatantly Romero. So to have all that cut out was kind of disappointing. Yeah, I kind of expected to see more of it. I mean, like, I was expecting it because I'd seen this film before. Yeah. It's been a long time. But, I mean... It, it's such a different perspective and a different story. It would have been cool to see. Yeah. And it wouldn't have belonged in this film. No, it wouldn't have. But having it in any film makes that film unique. So getting to see it in the 1973 crazy film 
yeah. kind of makes that film worthwhile. That's fair, and I can agree with you. But I think I think the big issue it would create here is it a it would clash. Oh yeah, with the story they're currently telling. But also, if it showed it, it would ruin some of the reveals later of what happens. Yeah, because you would just be told, which I think is the problem with the original, is that you're just told what's going to happen instead of being shown it. No, I I think the 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 original helped us realize you can't combine those two different stories. Yeah, you can be... make a whole movie that's just the military part of this film. You can make two movies. Yeah, you really could. <laughs> one that we just saw, and then the military one. Um, you just have to make a choice, and this film did, and it did a good job because of it. I'm just mentioning it is disappointing to see that missing. Yeah, I I kind of wanted to see more of it, but I know why they didn't. I just wish. They could have worked yeah. it in without making it too too juxtaposed, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if you could, but we did get a couple scenes that featured the military more during the initial quarantining. I did enjoy that and part. And they're cool. And they're real cool. I, I really like the way they the military interacts with the actual citizens in this. Mm-hmm. I like the way they're treated. Especially when they're not paying attention to the citizens, like yeah. they're talking to each other. Uh-huh. It's very, very cool. Anything else you kind of want to talk about here? Um, I Actually, yeah. So a lot of, what I something else I really like about this film is it spans the whole town. So you go to a lot of different locations and a lot of different things happens at different places. You see a lot of unique places where when you go into a horror movie, you're like, oh, they're going to go to X place. It's like you don't expect them to get into some shenanigans here. It's interesting. It's there are places where the crazies are that it's just like this is an interesting environment to have to fight somebody. Uh, yeah, they do some interesting environments in this. And again, that's called just having a budget. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Because it infects the whole town, this was very much a film where I think the writers could go, where would be a cool place to interact with some insert villains here? Yeah, and it's cool, and I liked it. I just think it makes it feel more like a small town, like a self-contained place where they can't go everywhere, but there are enough unique locations that it feels like they're traveling distances. It also helps keep things interesting, and I think a way the original film struggled with. Because they would just go from house to house, and they all looked the fucking same. Yeah. Like, And if they weren't in the house, they were in the woods. <laughs> Right. Under trees and stuff. We covered the characterization stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it. I'm not trying okay. to spoil too much because a lot of this movie is watching them do stuff. No, it's it's how stuff unfolds. Yeah. Like, again, if you've seen the original movie, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I mean, I think for you, you'd seen the original. Yeah. But it was still entertaining. Yeah, it's different enough. Yeah. So, I liked it. And even the stuff that's exactly the same, it's the characterization that makes it worthwhile now. Exactly, because now I give a crap about these characters, and I'm actually interested in whether they live or die. Alright, I guess before we move on to recommendations, I have one post-movie discussion point. Hell yeah. And this is about the makeup, which I want to say, makeup was really good in this film. It was good. It was very good. There were some good good kills and stuff. There were some really good kills in this I movie. I will say, this is a film that isn't that gory. No, it's not that bad. To almost a shocking degree. I expected it to be a lot worse, actually. Because, like, yeah. of the couple kills we see on screen and we see a good amount yeah people die they're super tame yeah like but they're not tame they're tame in gore but not in brutality yeah man. they're like realistic I guess would be the word yeah where it's not over the top gore and the, I think the most gore we see is from dead bodies yeah and even that it's only for a half second so it's not that bad but from what you do see the makeup effects are really good they are they look nice they look real nice and what I want to talk about specifically is the makeup effects on the like Infected? Oh, yeah. Crazy, specifically. I'm interested in this. Uh, so, to describe it really quick, basically the people have, like, black veins, mm-hmm. and their eyes look kind of weird. Yeah. Like, their pupils uh, are hyper-enlarged, and maybe they some have, yellowing like, and stuff. Open. Some of them have, like, open sores on their face and stuff. Mm-hmm. Their uh, muscles are super tense. Mm-hmm. Just generally kind of 
I don't know. How would you describe it? I have a way to describe it, but I want you to try first before I get Almost, any... I would say almost zombie-esque, like, but not- They're not the, zombies. They're not zombies, but like- so You mean, are you trying to say Korean zombies? Is that where you're going with this? I, yeah, actually, that's a good point. That's a good way to describe it, yeah. Because they're not rotting flesh. No, they're more that's like- That's what people think when you say zombies. Overtaken bodies, but they're still in control of themselves. Yeah, they do have some coherence. They egos. do have, which is very interesting to see people interact with. Okay, so uh, my thing I was reading up on is the makeup for this film was designed by Almost Human Studios. From what I can find, they did Quarantine. Oh, we haven't seen that, so but we the, saw the original. The remake of Wreck. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. But the makeup effects for the Crazies was designed by Eisner, so the director. Oh! Like, not literally designed, but like he came up with how he wanted them to look. That's cool. Um, and Eisner's early visions for the Crazies was... Like traditional zombie, like kind mm-hmm. of rotting flesh, stuff like that, uh, open source. But he thought that was too cliche, I guess, for a film like this. Yeah, I also think it dehumanizes the characters in a bad way because they're not monsters. They're supposed to be people. Right. Which There's, is what makes them scary. I mean, they're similar concepts because Romero basically invented the modern zombie mm-hmm. and he also did this film. Yeah. But the distinction is one is crazies and the other is zombies ghouls yeah so instead of doing traditional zombies he switched to the look that's seen in the film and he called it hyper alive which oh. is i think a great description for that it. is a really like, good description pulsing veins really stressed muscles uh really dilated pupils yeah basically like you're just i don't know like all your neurons are it, firing and it's just, almost like they're like hopped up on something and they're like they feel more alive it's like I adrenaline guess. or whatever yeah. i think that's a very apt description for it now, to continue on with, like, his hyper-alive thing, Eisner had basically uh, one big rule for the style of makeup that we would eventually see on the zombies, and that's that he could identify what diseases inspired it. Basically, he wanted his hyper-alive crazies to have makeup that would be medically backed, so it wasn't just like, oh, he has rotting flesh here. It's like, oh, he has veins pulsing. I could say this is related to this specific disease. That's really cool. The idea being that... uh. You know, Trixie's a biological weapon and would have been engineered from other, like, very infectious diseases. And so he wanted to build that, I guess, background of side effects. Yeah, that's a really, really cool fact. And because of this, the basis for many of the craziest makeups are rabies, tetanus, and Steven Johnson syndrome. Huh. Okay. So if if we haven't done a good enough job describing these, that's kind of what the crazies look like and act like. It's like they have all three of those things. That's uh, that's like attention to detail that is unnecessary but very appreciated in a film like this. I don't. I wouldn't say unnecessary. Like you you don't have to do it, but it's the little things that improve a movie. That's what I mean more like. Yeah. Like you should do it for higher quality. But yeah. But like if you were not to do it, I don't think. You it would make a worse product, oh, but yeah. the average viewer wouldn't give a shit about it. Like, but us being, you know, review people who are really nitpicking about movies, it helps. Well, it I helps mean, a lot. He could have gone with the average zombie. And he could have. would have been not as good. It wouldn't have been as good because, I, like I said before, I think making them look like zombies dehumanizes them in a bad way. That makes them not as scary, and it makes it feel less impactful when they kill people or when people kill them. Yeah. Uh, on that note, you want to go into recommendations? Sure. Let's see. Recommendations. If you want... A film that focuses on, like, few characters but has good character drama between them. 
I think this is a great film for that. Especially when you start looking into the relationship between specifically Russell and David. So much better than the in the original. Oh, like, yeah. It's so much more of a, we're best friends, and we work together. And, like, I think Russell is so funny. Russell's so much better than Clank. Russell's so much better than Clank. And Russell, like, he does stuff, and it's cool. I like him a lot. There's that. If you want to see a bunch of people go fucking batshit, like, in a mob, this movie's great for that. Like, I, I love seeing just the mass of people that you get to see in this film just, like, running around and shit. It's so, like, they're, it, it's almost zombie horde-esque, but they're not zombies, so it's more insane, I guess. It feels more alive, if that's the right word. Like, it's not a, a walking mass coming at you slowly. It's like, these people are freaking out, and they're running, and, like, scattering and stuff, which I really like. Uh, if you want to see a lot of unique environments for a movie, I think there's a lot of really interesting places they go. In now, a small town. Unique as in different buildings. Different buildings, but... Not unique as in, this is the jungle, this is the, the Polar Express. Yeah, I guess. Uh, if you want to see a military quarantine movie, which is a very broad, I don't know, not a broad genre, but like it is a genre, I guess. I think yeah. this is a pretty interesting take on it because you get to see sort of the human side of the army in some bits, which I think is really cool. If you want... Uh... Say that? No, I won't say that. Okay. Those are my recommendations. I almost said something I shouldn't. That's good. You could have just cut it. That's true, but I stopped myself. <laughs> Save yourself the effort. Yeah. All right. I think if you're looking for a kind of quarantine infection movie, that's the first thing you should check out for. I mean, that's a pretty straightforward recommendation. Like, if you like Wreck or Quarantine, it has that same feel with the military being like this hulking presence in the background. If you're a fan of the original, check this one out. Oh, for sure. Very different movies. And I think you can enjoy them in different ways, whether or not you like this one or the original more. If you're a fan of, I don't want to say zombie movies, but more like violent and fast-moving style zombies, uh, the closest thing I could recommend would maybe be like 28 Days Later. So if you like that movie. I've heard that's very scary. This might be in a similar vein of enjoyment for you. If you want something that focuses on a small band of survivors trying to escape and going through like different locations another recommendation right there and finally if you want to see a horror movie that could also be a buddy cop movie that isn't hot fuzz <laughs> you know you can check this out fair enough fair enough definitely not as funny no but like bob said more so than any two characters i think the movie focuses on russell and david's relationship yeah and it's a cop and his deputy and it feels like it and if that's something that sounds entertaining, it's kind of the backbone of the movie. So it really is. Go watch it if you want that. All right. You want to do um, rating? Yeah. I don't know where I'm sitting. Because I think I probably gave the cra the original The Crazies a lot higher of a score than I should have. What'd you give it? I gave it three. Oh. What'd I give it? One and a half. That sounds about right. Yeah. Because that movie was fine. I think it did what it could at the time. But I think this movie's pretty solid. But I don't know. I don't know how far above and beyond it really goes above meeting the expectations of this style of film. So I, you know what? No, I think it does. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I like this movie. Why? I think the big thing that pulls me over is, I think, Timothy Oliphant's performance. Most of, all the acting is good, but just him alone. He's really, really good in this film. Oh, yeah. He I think does he does an amazing job. Great. And it's kind of nice to see, because the only other time we've seen him on this podcast is Dreamcatcher. Which I think he's fine in that, too. He's fine in that, no, but, but that's not a good movie. Yes, but he also doesn't get as much time in that movie. As it's true. One. He's the main character in this. You see him basically the whole time. I think he does a really, really good job. I also think the characterization and the relationship between the characters is so much better in this. And they do such a good job of exploring the lengths at which people will go for each other mm -hmm. in this film. And I think that's really great. 
And I will say, I think some of the kills in this film are very creative. And I actually enjoyed them quite a bit. There were a couple where I was like, oh shit, that's really cool. So there's that. I like the uh, way the military is portrayed in this and the way it humanizes some of the soldiers in a couple of scenes. Super cool. Does a better job than the original. With some of that Way stuff. better job than the original. Yeah, yeah, four. I, I think this is definitely a, a step up and above the original, but I'm not dogging on the original because that movie's fine. It's just a problem of A, you match two scripts together, and B, the budget, and also the period at which it was made. Okay. I think I'm going to give it a four as well because, look, I, I have to be pretty harsh with remakes because I think you have to be. It's not an original thing. Yeah. And you are specifically going out of your way to make something that's already been made. And so I like to rate it on if you're bringing something new to the table. And I think this film does. Absolutely. it, A, takes the original film and, ad- and adapts it in a smart way, which is choosing your battles. It chooses one half of the film that it can do, and it rolls with that, which is the lone survivor kind of group characterization and them trying to escape. So it focuses on that. And then it leans into that and builds the whole story around that. So it has them be sheriffs so we can have this new investigation stuff at the beginning instead of oh, just an outbreak right away. It has this slow reveal of information as the characters are figuring stuff out. It has them going through the quarantine process, which is something we really didn't see before. Yeah. And then on top of all of that, I think it's just really well done in uh, ways that the original wasn't. A lot of it does have to do with budget. So I'm not trying to knock the original when I say that. Like, yeah. I mean, I think it it does a lot of things to make it stand out. Yeah. To make it its own film. Like, I didn't watch this and go, oh, I'm just watching a updated version of the original film. It was yeah. Like, no, I'm watching something that took that idea. It still has allusions to it. It has some really good allusions to the original. But it it's its, its own thing. Yeah. Yet it's not too much its own thing that I felt like it could have been its own movie. Yeah. No, it, it takes the base of the original and expands upon it in the right ways. And makes it way more palatable. Yeah. Now I just need to see another remake where they do the other side of it. That would be cool. I would watch that. I'm oh, that, serious. That'd be harder to do, though. Absolutely. It'd be way, it would be way, way more of a drama film. Mm-hmm. Which I'm it okay also with. might be faster paced. It would have to be. Because you don't care what happens to a town. Really. Yeah, because they're just making choices. Yeah. All right. On that note, I guess we're going to go to the outtakes. Yeah. I don't know how many there are going to be this time. We marked quite a few. There might be some funny ones. Not that many, though. Not as many as some recent episodes. Yeah. But I guess we'll see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our episode of the Crazies remake. I really like this film. I think it's a definite improvement on the original for me. I get why the original is a cult classic, but this one really, really hits home hard. But if you do not want any spoilers from the movie, please skip to... 51 minutes and 51 seconds immediately. This first clip is Ben and I reacting to the cold open of this film. Oh, is it keeping the same plot with the fire? Okay. It's kind of cool. Dude, that is a roaring fire. Look at it that sucking is a, in. Yeah, I was about to say it's sucking in oxygen. It is roaring. That or there's a bad wind. Oh, it's probably a wind? Yeah, it's probably wind. That was a <laughs> Good open. Yeah, nice cold open. Two days earlier. I'm not sure if I like the like two days earlier thing as a setup. Yeah. However, that was a good cold open. Yeah, a good way to show better like, than this. But I do like we'll meet again though. So yeah. This is already better. <laughs> this next clip is Ben and I's reaction to one of the crazies, 
going crazy with a pitchfork. Because they will do that, like, mm-hmm. get people out if they can. I also like that uh, this, because it's an infection, shows signs, and you can actually tell. Or it takes time to go completely mad. Yeah. Because Ben wasn't, like, violent before. No. I mean, he's violent now, very clearly. Oh. Oh, that's fucking gnarly. Pitchfork fully threw her body through the fucking mattress, too? It was interesting, though, because you didn't really see it. It was just... No, but it just feels so brutal because yeah. you can see the length. I only, I only would have, wa- I only want one thing from that extra. I wish you had shown us this. That's all. I, that they're perfect. Love that. That that's a great kill. Because that was the only thing I thought it was missing was seeing the blood come through. But seeing the blood come through just makes it feel so much more. I don't know. It just adds to it, you know. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to just how brutal the military can be to these people. Oh! There's Scotty. Yeah. There's his mom. God damn. Oh, and they're fu- That's sick. That's a real flamethrower, too. Yeah, they're torching the bodies. No, it's like a liquid one. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to David and Russell fighting some crazies, and Russell coming in clutch. Oh, that's so gnarly. Oh! Well, now he's definitely infected. Yeah, there's a high chance now that he's infected. But that's such a cool kill. Unless he's immune. Then that's a separate issue. Like, do you understand how hard that is? No, that's pretty cool. That is really cool. Now he's definitely, definitely infected because he pulled it. Oh, God. Russell? Probably. Yep. Russell. Coming in clutch through a crack in the window. Holy shit. Is there a reason he's the deputy? Oh, Russell's so much better than Clank. (laughs) So much better, bro. Actually competent. Actually, I guess I guess Clank was kind of competent. Clank was really competent. I just didn't like him. <laughs> this next clip is Ben and I reacting to the gang fighting some crazies in a car wash, and then the military stepping in to get rid of their car. Oh! Really punched through there. He's fucking kicking the shit out of that glass. Yo, that was cool. Because it's like one solid sheet. Yeah. Oh, this part oh. is so unpleasant. So that water comes out fast. Yeah. And some of it comes out hot. Oof. Oh! What the fuck? She's been strung the fuck up. Oh, yeah, she's dead. That broke her neck. That's such a brutal fucking way to go. All things considered, it's probably the better way to go in this situation. 
Dude, she died like instantly there. Yeah, I guess. Compared to getting crazied? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! It did have missiles. Their car's gone. That was cool. Hi everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. There were a couple. I know there's at least one or two where I absolutely lost my mind because Russell's a genius. <laughs> He's so funny. He's so entertaining in this film. So much better than Clank. Do we have any announcements, Ben? Yeah, I guess we have to announce what films we're doing for the convention and stuff next yeah, week. Yeah, for next Saturday, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're having multiple come out again. Well, it's going to keep happening. It's going <sighs> to oh, keep happening. Yeah. If it sounds like I'm not excited, it's not the movies that are the problem. It's the recording four or five episodes in a week, which yep. is brutal. You know, 12, 15 hours a week of recordings. On top of work and other stuff. But uh, we're actually doing three films next week. And they're really, really good films. We're doing Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Living Dead, and Day of the Living Dead. Awesome. Well, it's Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. There's no Living Dead in there. So My excited bad. for those. So, so, so excited for those. Yeah, we're doing uh, Romero films still. Yeah, and we're which doing is the, great. Probably the three big ones for him. Yeah. Night of Night, Dawn, and Day. Mm-hmm. So excited for those. I'm like... I picked zombies as my first category for a freaking reason. I love zombie films. They're some of my favorite films, man. <laughs> and you didn't get those. Nope. I got some. Well, the other ones were good. You got Return. Return, instead. Blood Quantum, both good. Wreck, yeah. Great. Not so, complaining. We're going to watch those. Night of the Living Dead is coming out Saturday. Dawn of the Dead is coming out Monday. Monday. And then I guess Day, Day of, of the, the Dead, Dead Wednesday. is coming out Wednesday. Yep. That should be the way it's done. That should be how it should be blocked out in the schedule. If something comes up, we'll tell you, but I doubt it will. I don't think it will. Aside from that, Fridays are a board episode. <laughs> Excited for that one. Yeah, we recorded that earlier today. <laughs> that one's, so I was going to warn you now, that one's a fun episode. <laughs> that'll be coming out at some point. Yeah. Well, Friday. Aside from that, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Other places. We're also on YouTube. So uh, if you want to watch us there for some reason, you can do that. Uh, it's also a good place to uh, support us because like, we can actually see it. Uh, if you like, like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. It's one of the two places you can communicate with us. The other is Twitter. If you're going to communicate with us uh, via either of those two platforms, please leave movie recommendations. It's always nice to read those. I mean, that's really all I can say there. If you are leaving recommendations, please don't recommend it. the same thing over and over and over again. You're going to drive us crazy, uh, <laughs> but we do appreciate it. I was wondering how you were going to tie that one in. Nice one. Good one. That was good. Uh, like Ben was saying, you, you, you can communicate with us on Twitter. So check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show. Post basically anything you want to know about the show. It goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I'll post a spoiler post for that week's worth of episodes. So it's basically a tweet. With a hidden picture, you can reveal the picture to see the movie cover of the movies we're watching that week. So you can watch the movies before we do, and so you don't have any spoilers during the movie, or, you know, when we're being really vague about stuff, you know what we're talking about. Super useful for you guys, if you want it. 
Also, uh, I post links to the episodes when they go live. So if you ever miss an upload or miss like an episode going up and you need a link to it, it's all on our Twitter. Everything that you knew about the show is on Twitter. I think, last thing, check us out on TikTok. We're on TikTok. By the time this goes up, maybe I'll have some more TikToks up. I don't know. I haven't posted one in a while. It's been really stressful getting all these episodes done in time. Haven't had time to make any. But if TikTok's your platform and TikTok's where you like to watch things, I post clips from the show on TikTok. So, yeah, check us out. On that note, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next time. Bye.